The partial government shutdown now sits at 33 days and counting. And in just a few days, the president is set to address the country to deliver his official State of the Union speech. But even that speech has become part of the battle over the shutdown. But with the Senate ready to take up two bills Thursday to reopen the government, is there an end in sight? This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today from Capitol Hill is Bloomberg's Anna Edgerton, who's rushing right now to a Speaker Pelosi event. Anna, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Glad to be here. So it looks like after some political sparring, we will have an official State of the Union address from the president. What's the latest there? So the president did write to Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, and said that he plans to go ahead with his speech on January 29th from Capitol Hill, from in the House of Representatives, where they usually hold the joint sessions of Congress. The only issue is that in order to schedule a joint session of Congress, they have to pass a resolution in the House and the Senate to go ahead and just basically schedule that. And it's not clear that Nancy Pelosi is actually willing to do that. So this whole thing, this whole process is becoming an extremely political one. Is there a chance that come Tuesday we still might not have that address that the nation has come to know? There is, there is a chance that that speech could get delayed or moved to a different location. And an issue, I think, is the, the speaker's kind of insistence that the, the president can't talk about the State of the Union right now when 25 percent mm-hmm. of the government hasn't been funded by Congress. You know, as Jim Clyburn, the number three rank, ranking House Democrat, just spoke with Bloomberg TV. And he said, well, what is he going to say? The State of the Union? Right now, I'll tell you what it is. It's chaotic. And that's the ironic thing that I kind of find with this whole situation, that the State of the Union address has become this political hot potato, and it, but it really defines the current state of our union, a very divided one. Absolutely. And it's one of the things that we've seen over and over again over the past two years, really, since President Trump was elected, is that things that are usually procedural, that usually aren't very controversial, have also become controversial and have become moments to score political points. We have had government shutdowns in the past, but to have this kind of policy impasse over a border wall that was basically a campaign promise is just shows exactly how divided we are and, and how difficult these issues are and will continue to be to resolve. Now, so to resolve this issue um, on day 33, the Senate is set to take up tomorrow on Thursday, not one, but two bills that uh, could, if passed, um, reopen the government. So what's what's going on there? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out right now. The first bill that they're going to do is the one that, the, that President Trump has endorsed. It includes the $5.7 billion for a border wall, as well as a temporary protection for the uh, young immigrants brought here illegally as children that were protected under the DACA program. And so the Republicans have said that they'll support that. Democrats say that they won't. The second bill is interesting. It's the Senate taking up a version of the basically just appropriations bills that the House has already passed. And we're trying to figure out right now if any Republicans will vote for that. It seems like some of the moderates have said that they will. Some of the Republican senators who are up for re-election in 2020 are really feeling the pressure to at least open the government before they move on with border security negotiations. And both bills need 60 votes to pass, which is that unlikely? Right now, it looks like, yes, that is unlikely to happen. But Thursday is uh, t- tomorrow. It still gives us time to uh, to negotiate this more. And you could we, we already are seeing some Republicans wavering on this. If Democrats can take off enough Republicans that say that they will vote for the for the Democratic proposal, 
it could actually pass. I, I don't think it will, but it's still a possibility. But then even if it does pass and it gets that 60-vote majority, it goes to the desk of the president, and he won't sign it, will he? That's right. We don't expect the president to sign this bill. In fact, he said that he won't. But it could shift the dynamics and shift kind of who has the negotiating strength in the situation. If they're able to pass a bill, the president has to actively veto it for it not to become law. So that would kind of... Uh, give Democrats a bit more power in their negotiating situation. Again, I don't think this will pass, but, you know, it's definitely something to watch tomorrow as this vote goes forward. You know, uh, and in these negotiations, you mentioned it earlier, the the sticking point is this $5.7 billion figure to fund the president's wall. Is there any room uh, between the two sides that's getting smaller, like they're actually coming closer to some type of agreement? It's been really interesting today to hear from Democrats who have said that they will present their own border security plan. They have proposed that there will be a letter from Nancy Pelosi to Donald Trump with some of the possibilities that Democrats would be willing to embrace for border security. Now, they've been careful to mention that this is not a negotiation. They don't want to negotiate until the government is reopened. But they do want to show that they're serious about border security and they could really support enhanced technology, additional border agents even some kind of reinforcements of border infrastructure, especially at ports of entry where illegal drugs actually come in. And the argument is not that the $5.7 billion is a sticking point. The argument from Democrats is that they want to support border security measures that actually work. And if they speak to experts who say, you know, we need drones, we need sensors, we, you know, we need more agents, they're willing to put as much money as needed towards that, just not a wall that really started as a campaign promise from a candidate. But is there any mechanism in place to ensure that if the Democrats agree to give them any sort of of money, a high billion dollar figure, that it won't be used to fund the wall? Not right now, but if if Democrats agree to a dollar amount, I would expect there to be some restrictions on how that can be used. So when it comes to the blame game um, for all of this, what are the most recent polls telling us? Right now, it looks like Uh, President Trump bears most of the blame, uh, according to public opinion polls, for this government shutdown. Although Democrats haven't gotten off free, there is some blame for Democrats. And I think there's an increasing recognition that Mitch McConnell has kind of tried to stay in the shadows on, on this. And he could probably have whipped up enough votes to override a presidential veto if he had wanted to do that. But he made it very clear he was not interested in doing so. Both sides have to be careful, though, because public opinion shifts, and the longer this government shutdown goes on, especially as federal workers mix, miss their second paycheck, as people start getting concerned about the debt limit that's coming up in March, there could be kind of a shift in public opinion and kind of a pox on both their houses. They're all to blame. You throw them all out. So there, there definitely needs to be some caution from both sides and, and who ends up bearing the blame for this. And you brought up the federal workers, and I do want to ask about them because they're are about 800,000 of them who are, like you said, going to miss a second paycheck. Um, What is being done to protect them, or what has been done to protect them, and how long will it take for them to get back to work once this finally all comes to a close? There is an expectation that there will be back pay for federal workers who either were furloughed or who are currently working without pay. However, that doesn't cover contractors and even people in Washington, D.C., you know, Taxi drivers, restaurants, 
people who uh, companies, small businesses whose business has really been impacted by a lower level of activity that you can just feel in the streets in Washington, D.C. And it's not just in the Beltway area. It's across the country. There are almost 5,000 Treasury employees in the state of Texas. So this is something that's being felt around the country. And you see some states starting to take measures where federal employees can get uh, low interest loans if they need kind of a bridge to meet their financial obligations month to month. But it's really a, a messy situation. And the longer it goes on, the more the impacts will be deeply felt and widely felt by the American people. And the longer it goes on and it is deeply felt by those people, is there a way to measure how deeply it's being felt in the U.S. economy itself? There have been some estimates that the economy will uh, grow a tenth of a percent less for every week that the shutdown goes on. So as this continues into February, possibly even longer than that, it will start having a real economic impact, especially when you start seeing um, uh, ratings agencies like Fitch suggesting that not being able to pass a budget and not being able to fund the government is not consistent with a country that has a AAA rating. That's definitely something that I'm going to be looking at with increasing nervousness the closer we get to the debt limit uh, discussion that will come up in March. And kind of the more chaotic our government proves itself to be, it's not a performance you would expect from a, a well-functioning country and a country whose, whose credit rating you can really trust with full confidence. From the people you talk to on Capitol Hill, the members of Congress, their staffers, is there confidence that things are getting closer to a deal or the two sides just remain too far off? There's not a whole lot of confidence at this point. Um, Obviously, the longer it goes on, the more pressure will be increased. There is kind of a sense of despair, especially among rank-and-file members, that the, the problem is really at the leadership level. And the the, the the more the leaders are not able to talk to each other and not able to discuss, the more pressure will be felt by rank-and-file members. And they're not able to do what they told their constituents mm-hmm. they would go to Washington, D.C. to do, and that's, that's to govern. Anna, thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Since Anna and I spoke, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has now sent a letter to President Trump effectively canceling next Tuesday's State of the Union address, writing, quote, The House of Representatives will not consider a resolution authorizing the President's State of the Union address in the House chamber until the government has reopened. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok. 